This is Why Libertarian, the show dedicated to telling the stories of libertarians new and old, promoting libertarian values, and fighting against authoritarians, statists, feds, and anyone else who would like to steal your liberty and freedom. I am Matthew Strzok, and I would like to thank you for tuning in to this episode. Enjoy. We are rolling. It is Wednesday night. It is New Jersey Liberty Night. I don't know if I'm going to have a dedicated New Jersey Liberty Night, but it is definitely New Jersey Liberty Night tonight. So um, before I uh, introduce an awesome guest that I have with me, as usual, like, comment, subscribe, share, hit the notification bell, retweet, get this out there. If you are watching on a platform other than YouTube, please head on over there and throw a subscribe. It helps with the algorithm and to get them pushed out there. Um, and then the other thing is head on over to the link tree and uh, definitely check out uh, my feed on Odyssey because most of my stuff runs there too. So if you prefer to watch on Odyssey, you can do that. And pretty shortly here, I'm gonna be adding my uh, three speak and other kind of links for the Hive blockchain on the link tree as well. So definitely check that out. It's in the profile in the about section. So um, without further ado, uh, we're gonna be pro I'm gonna be profiling candidates that are running um, uh, you know, for liberty reasons on liberty platforms uh, throughout this year at the very least, if not into the future. And so I'm joined by one of them. He happens to be a good friend of mine from South Jersey. I got Nick Magner with me. What's going on, Nick? Hey, what's up, man? How you doing? Thanks for having me, dude. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no, I thank you for taking the time. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm North Jersey, you're South Jersey. We're both in the oh, LP, so... Yeah. <laughs> Yo, as long as we're not part of those Central Jersey weirdos, we'll be all right. Whoa, shot <laughs> fire, Lupo, man down. Um, no, so uh, for people who don't know who you are, um, who are you and what are you running for right now? Uh, my name is Nicholas Magner. I am running for Legislative District 4 uh, General Assembly. So basically, if you're not aware, Assembly is like, the house of congress but for the state yep yep and uh it's actually two seats for for your district right that are up it is it is two seats so usually you have a, a running mate couldn't find me to run with me this year hopefully the next time somebody will be a little bit more interested and we'll be able to crush it together but but uh, i'm playing i'm fine with taking this on my back it don't bother me any yeah no that's good i look is it uh what really kind of like got you into running in the first place like have you been political in the past or is this something that's new uh, it's kind of a, I would say it's a long road for me. Yeah. Um, so right out of high school, my first election I was able to vote in was in 2008. And so all my friends were voting Obama. So I did as well, even though my dad has told me since day one, Nick, there are other choices. You don't have to just settle with just one. I was like, what do you mean? I was like, I was not only like Republicans and Democrats. I was like, no, there's these, these crazy libertarians. I grew up in a very uh, religious household. And so like my parents were very into like religious freedom and libertarians are about freedom of everything so uh unfortunately didn't listen to him then uh in 2012 i kind of made my way to like gary johnson yeah um, in 2012 and then in what was the next one in between 2012 I, I i was kind of disenfranchised by how the political scheme is how the structure of of this political thing that we live in uh, it, it bothered me a lot so i i went from obama to gary johnson to Bernie bro in 16 <laughs> um, you know it's like 
it's weird because like sometimes if, if something doesn't work or you like something and something doesn't work you kind of like question your principles even like you try to stay fast in your principles but like yeah you question yourself 100 percent. and i i questioned myself in 16 and then thank god for hillary clinton and the reason why i say thank god for hillary clinton is because she rigged the 2016 dnc uh so well that yeah. it snapped me back into liberty reality and uh put me right back onto the spectrum i was like i was like whoa nick what were you doing that's not working this is not working we need to stay back here so i could say that i've always been liberty-minded but i've definitely been misguided so uh, yeah from and then from there i just i just wanted to become more politically active i was like yo this is really important we really need to get um liberty ideals out there what is going on this is this the libertarian party has the best message out of everybody but it has the worst marketing it is the yes. How could how could you sell something? How can you sell liberty to somebody and they say, eh, "I like someone who who uh, is a little bit more oppressive." That doesn't work. <laughs> so, no, less liberty for me, thank you. Yeah, I, yeah, I, no, I, no. Listen, I I hate to be free. I hate to be <laughs> sovereign. God, come on. I almost feel like that's how people are, but um, I, some then, of them are. Some of them. I, I think it's like Munchausen syndrome. So we got uh, Rich Ford checking in. He said. Uh, Deep throat the mic there, just so you're coming through loud and clear. Um, We got uh, we got Frankie from the New Jersey crew uh, chiming in. What's up, my buddies? Everyone, donate to Nick's campaign. Nick, what's your uh, website so people can go check you out and donate? So everyone, please, 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 we're uh, trying to raise some money now for uh, campaign videos. Please go to magnerforfreedom.com/slash/donate. Whether it's Magner F O R or Magner number four, it doesn't matter. It all goes to the same place. But but go there and please donate. It doesn't matter how much it is. We're trying to light up this flame uh, for liberty here and and just trying to get things rolling. And this is the only way to really do it. Yeah. No. And um, one of the things that I think uh, a lot of people don't understand about liberty candidates, specifically the ones in the Libertarian Party. I mean, we can talk about liberty candidates in the on the Republican side of the House in a minute, but. On the libertarian side, you know, the libertarian side in New Jersey is so uh, it's it's basically small in comparison. Right. It's but that it is. It, yeah. And and that means you have to do everything pretty much yourself or like actually build a grassroots campaign and a party at the same time to campaign. Right. Yeah. You're, you're kind of working on all facets and you basically what's so special and i don't know if you you follow uh you know any one of us whether it be frankie or rufo or or why libertarian or even like um uh not affiliated with any political parties but like blue star union if you follow any of these of these groups um this is like the core of new jersey in my opinion i feel like there's a lot of us that are trying to do work here because we realize how many people are just craving freedom they're craving liberty and they don't really realize it yet in new jersey and i know it may sound silly because we, we can't carry firearms and there's there's a million different things that's that's terrible but we really are trying to change things and that's i mean kind of skipping back to your last question and that's kind of what made me want to run for kennedy myself mm-hmm. you can the system doesn't work let's not let's not fool ourselves matt like the system does not work but yeah I think that you can do two things. You can either leave the system not working, you could leave New Jersey, or you could try and work without, within the confines of the system. And I think that um, bringing liberty candidates into the system, into New Jersey, is probably more 
counteractive than counter to it intuitive to you know your freedom here and just trying to wake more people up i think in a special state like new jersey because new jersey is so oppressive and yep. because the laws are and everything's so regulated here that i don't really you can't just burn it down it doesn't it, it wouldn't work that way there's too many people that think like phil murphy right now for us to be able to do that unfortunately yeah yeah no it's 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 definitely an uphill climb i mean it's it's a ridiculous uphill climb um to to those points i was reading through your uh Ballotopedia uh, survey, and they ask you like, who's the one person that really kind of like influences you politically or that you look up to? Um, just share that with everyone. You know, who is that and why? Um, I'm pretty sure I said Rothbard. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, Rothbard was the book, and then also you had mentioned Ron Paul in there too. But of course, uh, of course, no, no they, like, they go hand in hand. <laughs> no, they, they do go hand in hand. And and like uh, when I filled out the Ballpedia, I've done a million of those, so my yep. bad for not a. Uh, but you know it. Uh, Mary Rothbard on my political journey or my realization of like what we're working in was completely opened up by anatomy of the state, mm. and I'm not a big reader. I'm big, but I'm not really a reader. Yeah. And and it's like, you know, we I t read that book because it was so short. I was like, yeah, I could definitely tackle this. And it completely flipped the switch. It completely flipped everything for me. And that book alone has opened up my eyes so much. And to anybody who is just like wondering about like what libertarianism is or, or free markets or just, you know, um, even like anarcho-capitalism, like this is the book you read. You read this one book, it will open your eyes. And of course, there's a slew of other books you can get after that that just keep you know that that liberty monster rolling like a snowman until it's so big where like you feel like you have to do something. We have to take human action. Yeah, no, that's that's a definite. And you know what? That's actually a uh, a tribute to you know you taking that step of of running for you know, an elected office, which I don't think a lot of people even think that way. Like, I, I think some people are brought up in political families and then other people, it doesn't even kind of occur to them to do that. What was your background? Like, have you worked like what, what was your kind of like professional background or work background in your family? Oh, I've, I, I'm from generations of manual laborers. So um, that's where I'm at as well. Um, I did think about college, but that just the thought of being in a classroom any longer than I already was for just really turned me off. And I, I just couldn't do it. And to be honest with you, it's a, a lot less thinking just to work with my hands and do what I have to do. So yeah. uh, that's where I'm from there. And like, you know, as I said, generations of blue collar workers, I'm a blue collar worker. Um, there's nothing more than that. It's just uh, a lot of people. And I hate saying this because it's almost cliche. It's like I'm a politician. But first of all, I don't see myself as a politician. I don't think I will ever call myself as a politician ever if i ever walk up to speak somewhere and you see me and you clap i'm gonna tell you to stop clapping there's no need to do that type of thing yeah but people say all the time like oh i'm just a regular guy like matt uh, i am about as regular as possible <laughs> i'm way more regular than these people say regular guys are so yeah. you know that's where i come from yeah i well so to that end uh what does that bring to you as a candidate so like if, if you come from that blue collar background versus someone who comes from more of like a white collar, uh, you know, uh, you know, aristocracy kind of, um, you know, upbringing. What does it do for you? For one, I feel very normal. Um, and I think that's really overlooked. It's, somebody would be like, oh, it means I'm hardworking. Like, no, believe me, there is manual laborers that don't work hard. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I'm not going to say that. But like, I think it's just like normal realizing, you know, certain things 
um, need to change because you're living it every day. And not that somebody who's white collar isn't doing the same thing because it's all about perspective, right? Like my hard may be easy for you and your hard might be easy for me. It's all about the perspective of things. I think it's just like normalcy. Like this is what I yep. do. I'm, I'm, I think I represent a lot of people who feel up underrepresented. And I hate to I hate to bring up Trump, but I feel that's the reason why he was so popular as well. Is that even though he wasn't that guy, he was that white collar billionaire. He yeah. he still spoke to a lot of people that felt underrepresented. And I think that the vast majority of people in New Jersey, especially South Jersey, it's, it's rural. There's farms. Like this is what we do. We're yep. we're hardworking people. We get down. We get our hands dirty. We're not afraid to get our hands dirty. If you're not coming home from work and feeling sore, I feel like I didn't accomplish anything. Mm. So you know it, it's normalcy i to answer your question i think it's just normalcy just being just normal just being normal which is something that so many people are out of touch with yeah yeah and and to your point i agree with you i think the the trump effect isn't necessarily going to be that like it, it was trump and his policies and things like that are what's going to persist i think what's going to persist is exactly what you're talking about is people that can actual actually voice things that you know folks feel like they haven't had voiced that they would normally say right like things right. that like whether it be blue collar workers middle class taxes whatever people that feel like they're not being represented by and i think there's a lot of them because even with the voter turnout this last go around in the general election for the federal levels i mean you still had what 40 to 50 percent of the eligible voters didn't even still show up and we had record voter right. turnout right so there's tons of people out there that are like you know what doesn't even matter. Like if I vote for someone, it doesn't matter because, you know, if I'm a single issue voter or something like that, you know, I'm probably not even going to, I'm probably not even going to be represented by whoever ends up winning at the end of this. Um, let me ask you this. So in terms of platform, all right, what would you say your top like two or three things are that are really near and dear to you as far as the platform that you're running on? I think the most important, um, you know, after, after 2016 and really coming home to like my libertarian root rants and whiskey south jersey i was right i don't understand where that's from but yes okay um i was um the president of a nonprofit organization that fought for firearms advocacy in new jersey um yep. formerly new jersey 2a sanctuary it's now called uh something different um i firearms to me is the number one issue that's important um to me, it holds precedence over everything because it is not the Bill of Rights. It is not the Constitution that gives us rights. Yep. We are born and we have rights inherently. The right to be sovereign, the right not to be oppressed on. And part of that comes with the right to protect yourself. And firearms are important to me because it is like firearms are the tool that I use to stay sovereign. It is the tool that you're supposed to use when there's a tyrannical government. It's a force. It's the tool to use when someone is trying to damage, steal, break into your property. It is the tool you use when you're trying to protect your family. And, and I, I don't want to fool anyone here. I, the reason, one of the biggest reasons why I decided to run is because I want my children to be freer than me. I think there's no better gift that you can give to your children than freedom. And again, yeah firearms are that tool to protect that freedom and i think that you know a lot of people will be like yeah you know the second represent you know protects the first well yes no shit the, the it does protect the first but it also protects everything else as well so uh yep. firearms advocacy and and you know nothing less than constitutional carry nothing less than an m1 abrams in your driveway 
and um, I was about to say McNukes, uh, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it is, is what we're supposed to have. We should have anything above and beyond what the government has. We need to be able to protect ourselves, period. And firearms are those tools. So the Second Amendment is probably uh, my number one. Yeah. And, and so um, so you're going to be running in a deep blue uh, district. Okay. The two incumbents are Democrats. So I'm pretty sure I know where they stand on, on firearms. All right. So you're, you're pretty much, you know, juxtaposed to them. Like people know the difference between the way that you're speaking about firearms and the way that they're going to talk about firearms. Tell me about the, the Republicans or, or at least kind of the Republicans in general and why you feel like you may be a better advocate for Second Amendment than, you know, the establishment Republicans and the establishment GOP here in New Jersey. It, it's it's no secret that I am unabashedly for the Second Amendment. There, are, In my mind, there's zero restrictions. We should, the Constitution, along with natural law, is clear, shall not yep. be infringed. Um, I do believe that the Republican candidates, um, there's two women running. Um, I've seen them in different Facebook groups and things like that talking about the Second Amendment and saying that they're for the Second Amendment. Mm -hmm. But to me, I don't feel it because yep. they haven't been an activist in this state. You may have been an activist for for other reasons, but yep. you have not been a firearms advocacy. You've not been a firearms advocate. You haven't. And yep. just because you're a Republican, you will get tons of votes by the Republican followers, by the tribalists. But yep. I promise you that I will fight 20 times harder than they do. They Every law is an infringement. I don't know how many times I have to have to say that. <laughs> it doesn't matter what the system is. If the system says, oh, I can't introduce a bill because this will happen or I have to take my time doing this. Yeah, I get it. But we've been playing those complacency games for 60 yeah. years and it has not worked in New Jersey. It is time to completely flip it. it is It is time to become civilly disobedient. It is time to fight for everything that we need to fight for. It is time to make noise. And, you know, little rallies here and there, I'm sure they make the noise, but we need to be loud. If they don't see us, they need to hear us. And if they can't hear us, we need to make it stink. And yeah. that is uh, rules for radicals, <laughs> word yeah. for word almost. So <laughs> these are things that we need to do. I am. I know that in my heart, and through my activism in a state that I am well more for the, I mean, look, we have, we have Jack Chitterelli, who is the, I guess he would be the leading nominee for, for governor on the Republican side for prime. Presumptive. Yep. Yeah. When they're like shaking hands with this guy, they're taking pictures with him, talking how great he is. Meanwhile, he's talking about only giving guns to real estate agents. He is never clear on anything. He is mm -hmm. weak. He mm -hmm. has, he has voted against the second amendment. I mean, I'm not a huge NRA fan, but, his rating in the past from that is is brutal so yep. you can't just have weak the republican party in new jersey is basically democrat in any other state yeah yeah and, that, and no, that's a fact well so uh i've definitely begun to adopt the terminology that they're basically the right wing of the democrat party here in new jersey i mean it's like democrat light um so to that point we have a couple of comments here that go with it uh Ransom Whiskey basically says, you know, could we please all agree that the Dems and Republicans, uh, that they're basically the same party and that the 2A is the same thing for both of them. I think the only difference there, and tell me whether or not you agree or not, is that the Republicans do a lot of talking and not a lot of actual action in terms of um, not just defending the Second Amendment, but also demanding that those rights be in place and not infringed upon. And then the Democrats are unabashedly anti the Second Amendment. 
I mean, like, just <laughs> completely open and transparent about their contempt for firearms. Um, you know, but I, so here's the other question, uh, or not question, but comment. Mike Rufo said, no more timid concessions. I think you would agree. That's basically the way we got here, right? That, that is 100% the way we got here. It's been, it's been incrementalism since mm. the 60s when they said, oh, this is the permit you need to be able to carry this handgun, which that's what the original FID in New Jersey was for. Now it has grown into this thing. It's, it's classic government. It, it's yeah. really classic government. Look at it. There has been no history of any government that has gotten smaller. They've only become larger and larger. It's the same yeah. thing here. You take an inch, you give them an inch, you're going to take a mile. Here's the permitting system. Now look where we are 70 years later. Look mm -hmm. where we're at now. We're at a time when people, typically in lower socioeconomic areas, can't afford the permitting schemes or the tons of paperwork they have to do, may not have access to internet to be able to do what they have to do to apply through the FAR system. There is so many rules here in New Jersey, and let's be honest, they're racist, mm -hmm. they're oppressive, and they affect more... They, listen, they're not really affecting... Uh, suburbanites people who are able to sit there and do there are people every day in camden in trenton in patterson i don't know name your random north jersey city i'm sure it's the same way right yep where they are not people in those areas are not getting the same type of education when it comes to firearms advocacy hence people like maj Touré, who has black guns matter and goes and has to do it himself takes it yep. upon himself to do those things okay those laws are affecting people in the lower socioeconomic areas. They're, they're hurting the people in the inner cities more because, you know, they need this every day in the place that they live. They need to be able to protect themselves every day. God forbid they have to run to the store. They know they need to have a, a, a firearm and to possibly survive any type of situations happening in those cities that, yep. you know, and now what's what's going to happen? They get pulled over for some bullshit reason by a police officer. Police officer finds a loaded handgun. It's not registered to them, and now they're in jail. To me, yep. that's a nonviolent. That's a nonviolent crime. There's a crime. It's it's crime with no victim, and we're putting people away because of those reasons. That's yep. what's happening. When you see Cory Booker and you see all these other people advocating for gun, for, because we can't hurt anybody. We need to make it harder for people to get these guns. Listen, New Jersey is almost the number one place in, in New Jersey, in the, in, the, in the U.S., where it's the most oppressive. Yeah. We still no, have those issues. And, and this is a huge point. So Ransom Whiskey said to clarify, basically, that he meant that um, neither side wants commoners to have guns, which is exactly what you're basically talking about. No, like, 100%, they, they, 100%. They would rather the wealthy and the people that can have personal security details have firearms, but not uh, the regular folk. And then um, we both know Dan. Dan's trolling a little bit today. I guess he's feeling saucy. He said uh, he says he's not a huge NRA fan, so that means he's somewhat of an NRA fan. You heard it here, folks. I think uh, clarify I think, for Dan <laughs> and I'll the rest of the audience. What I'll clarify to Dan is that I'm changing my reoccurring donations for certain organizations. Yeah. <laughs> You've been cut off. You're out of the will. <laughs> <laughs> Not that it was much anyway, but whatever. It's yeah. Point, right? <laughs> so I uh, really quickly, NRA, do they really stand for gun rights? No, no, they don't stand for any gun rights. They've actually started with 
restrictive gun control to begin with. Um, So I don't know how you can. And listen, you look you can look at it all over the place. What they do is, is if there is an issue in a state that is gaining traction when it comes to firearms rights. Right. Whether it be Mm -hmm. in Virginia, when um, there was the lobby day event, uh, I guess it was over a year ago now. That's kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, where, you know, they were trying to send all types of uh, restrictive laws through their through with Ralph Northam. They only hop on to things when other groups do. Um, FPC um, is probably one of my favorites because they are, again, not afraid to say, hey, you're a tyrant. This mm-hmm. is what's supposed to be going on. It, th- that's where we need to be at. We can't be sitting back in New Jersey. I stopped donating in, to the NRA in New Jersey when I said, hey, just by chance, like, what's the, what are you guys doing here in, in New Jersey? And they were like, oh, we can't tell you that. And I was like, well, sorry, then I'm never giving you any more of my money. I'm <laughs> yeah. not giving my money to help out some guy in Ohio when New Jersey is crying when we're, yeah. you know, we're bleeding here. So, yeah. No, <laughs> I, um, I'm, I'm glad Dan was able to help us clarify that one. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right. So let's look at another, um, Another kind of uh, major uh, pol- pol- policy or part of your platform that you were um, pretty vocal about, and it's drug decriminalization. I know here in New Jersey, the Democrats want to beat their chests and be like, we got legalization and decriminalization passed and all this other stuff. Um, wh- what's your take? Did they actually fulfill their uh, their promises to actually do what they say they were going to do as far as decriminalization? No. <laughs> no, they, they didn't. What what they did was is created more laws on top of already shitty laws and tried to make it seem like like a cupcake when it really wasn't at all. And and uh, you you had a perfect episode with Dan with Dan from this when it first happened. And it's like I don't understand how people could be so okay with being like, hey, they just can't arrest you for this now. There's nothing yep. in there that says anything about growing. Uh, it hurts. The, it hurts small businesses and people who want to get into the marijuana industry, the cannabis industry. It hurts mm-hmm. them the most. It hurts. I, I, I met someone from the from Blue Star Union, uh, Cannabis Kirk. Right. He wanted to have his he wanted to uh, open up his business. He, he owns, you know, a, a, a vaping, I guess, tobacco type business. And he mm-hmm. wanted to get into marijuana trade um, and, and with, with cannabis here in New Jersey. But he's not going to be able to. He's just a small business. He's not one of these, you know, million dollar businesses like, you know, Cure Leaf or the botanist who now can afford all this, can afford the permitting, can make sure they jump through every single hoop. There's a million different hoops. There's so many rules for everything. It's it is nowhere near any. Listen, they still haven't taken away any past offenses, uh, marijuana related uh, offenses here in New Jersey. They haven't even done that yet. So it's like you have a lot more to go. And the reason why I'm so passionate about this is because, again, it's just freedom. Yep. It's just liberty. It's the fact that you should be able to put anything in your body you want to. It doesn't yep. matter. It doesn't affect me. What? I care that you're high. I care, I care that you're hungry and happy. Like, yep. why, why would that ever be a thing? And, and New Jersey did anything but legalize. They just said they legalized. I don't even know when it's actually going to be legalized. Yeah. So uh, what's your ideal scenario? Portugal in New Jersey, is that something that you look to as a, a good standard to strive for? I'm almost hesitant to say yes because of Dan, but yeah, <laughs> he doesn't want to give Dan the satisfaction of saying no. that Portugal did anything positive. <laughs> no, but all seriousness, one one hundred percent. There, there should yeah. be completely. It should be com- completely decriminalized. It doesn't matter. I'm not even saying like just make it legal. I'm saying just stop enforcing it. 
Yep. It, all it takes is the governor to say, here's an executive order. Stop enforcing this. Here's a letter from the AG down to all the police departments. Stop enforcing this. But, yep. of course, they're not going to do that because then how are the police departments going to make their money? How are the corrupt police in New Jersey going to make their money? You know, there, there's a whole list of things that's not going to happen. That's what they should do. Because then you're either you're saving money because the taxpayers are burdened with tons of people thrown in cages. Uh, Dan likes to call them rape cages. When, when, you know, there's like, we're paying for that. Right. Yep. We'd be saving money. So obviously they don't want to do it. Yeah. And there's it's brutal. It's brutal, man. Yes. Portugal is probably the best where it's just everything's decriminalized and you might free up some money. And then, hey, you know, if you're going to steal my money, at least put it towards people recovering. Yeah. And and not enforcing people and throwing them in cages with it. Well, yeah. And, and treat it like what it is. It's the 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 ingesting of a substance is never a crime if the individual does it to themselves okay like if it's forced it's a crime but if it's voluntary it's not a crime but treat it like what it is is it's a substance abuse issue if the person has a legitimate problem um but you know yeah i mean once the state gets involved in like protecting us from ourselves um that also gets into the situation where we're not protected from the state anymore and they can choose to do you know, criminalize anything, right? Like um, sugary drinks or, or whatever they want. Which, to, they've right? done in, which they've done in Philadelphia. So yep. I mean, yeah. it's obvious. Yeah. Yeah, no, um, absolutely. A hundred percent. It's just, it, again, it's that incrementalism. You say, oh, I don't want this. And then you give an inch and say, it's okay. You can enforce this drug law. And now they're running drug, they're giving weapons to drug cartels in order to flood the streets with opiate products. You're like, what is going on here? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's 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 uh it is a it's a like a black hole that you go into when the the state starts regulating things that should be voluntary processes most definitely. Um, let me also ask you about this. This is something that um, k- kind of kind of works its way in here. Um, on your survey response, one of the things that you said that you wanted to be involved in is the committee, the the regulatory committee that basically looks at uh, licensure, like. occupational licensure in new jersey um what's your stance on that why would you want to get involved in that so the incumbent of legislative district four um his name is paul moriarty um he was in the news a couple years back uh 10 15 years ago he got pulled over dui ended up that he basically got out of it and said hey the cop was lying and how we're going to prove that and kind of instilled like this whole body cam thing yeah um he's 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 one of the speakers of the house um he is huge but he is also on the professional licensing committee in 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 assembly because everybody in assembly is like on these little side projects because like how else are you going to make money you know so they go on like a million different side projects and little subcommittees and try to and get their you know get their chops there uh he is on that and so he is he is the reason why there is single mothers uh with three kids that uh can't do hair because she doesn't have the licensing to do so. He is yeah. the reason why people can't provide for their families. He is part of the reason why you can't just go down the street and grab an alcoholic beverage. Like he, this is the reason why he is on that committee, and and it is my idea, and it is my feeling that these regulatory things should be pulled back. So I want to be on that committee, so I can completely destroy it. Yeah. Well, and you raise a good point. Is that licensure? process creates a a barrier or like a hurdle for people to get into these professions when they really shouldn't need to right so like i'm just going down and so that's a subcommittee i think of consumer affairs or something like that right um and so let me pull this up really quickly if i can get the right tab here 
Um, this is the uh, list of licensed professions and occupations that are essentially, uh, you know, regulated or mandated here in New Jersey. And I'm just looking at some of these and I'm like, why does the state have to make sure that someone has a license to do these things? Like an audiologist, like someone who's just going to make sure that you can, you know, hear right. Or a barber. Why do we need a barber license when, or a beautician, when someone can just basically cut hair? And if they're decent, just let them cut hair out of whatever, their kitchen. Or, I mean, they're already doing it now. They might as well be able to do it for a business. But it's like so many of this stuff is even the teachers have to, like cosmetologists and cosmetology teachers have to be, uh, uh, you know, essentially licensed in the state of New Jersey. Um, this is like the nanny state at its worst, right? Yeah, you're, you're, you're breaking down every single profession and creating a permitting system because even though you're stealing money from us at a rate higher than almost any other state, you want to do it even more. It makes yep. it makes it makes zero sense. And the only reason why they're doing this is because it's not. Be Listen, the state don't care whether you live or die. They just care about stealing your money. Yeah, that's the only thing they feel like they want to do. So they're doing this because it's going to add a hurdle to people who can just do that. And the state can't get a piece of the money. And when yep. I say the state, I literally mean New Jersey and like the state. So it's like both. It's the same. They don't care about you. New Jersey yeah. doesn't care about you. That's evident in the way that they're so regulatory for everything here in the state. And and to me, that's like it's almost like the epitome of evil. How how dare you tell anyone that they can't pursue happiness? Owning a business and trying to you know make money and profit from your business is part of the pursuit of happiness and you are stifling that at, at almost every turn here in new jersey god forbid listen god forbid you try to run for office the paper <laughs> dude, the paperwork for that alone is outrageous yep. and you know they claim it's for transparency this that and the other I, listen people just fill out these forms there's a million different forms we would have better leaders in New Jersey if it was, and, and Shane Hazel is actually talking about this before because he's talking about how there's like the you know the, um, the uh, supposedly oppressive uh, voter legislation came through, and he's right. like, dude, I don't care about that until you make it easier for people to run for office, mm -hmm. because that's where the change comes in. You can flood people to the voting gates, right? But yep. what we really need to be doing is taking all these wonderful liberty-minded people um, in New Jersey. And you should be forcing them, not forcing, wrong word, but getting them and convincing them to run for office because we need to flood, we need to flood that area of this too. It doesn't work yeah. without everything, and we need, we need to do that, and it needs to be easier. Um, so yeah. I, I agree on that front. It's, well, it's yeah, terrible. and and well, and and we're coming out of uh, COVID lockdowns that, um, in in most cases, I'm sure you're going to agree, are totalitarian and authoritarian. Um, and it's basically undermined a ton of the business community in the, in New Jersey, not to mention the rest of the United States. And so one of the ways out of that is entrepreneurship, right? It's, it's be able to hustle, whether it's your primary hustle or your right. side hustle, and you shouldn't have to pay for a ridiculous number of classes and a license in order to do something that you probably already have the skill to be able to do. Or if you don't, people just aren't going to patronize you. So like, what's the point, right? Um, right. It's, the great, it's the kind great of regulatory, the, the regulatory body that we need are the consumers. Mm. The consumer is the is the gauge of how well your business is doing. Um, it is also, and part of how well your business is doing is your business practice. So if you have terrible business practice, your your business will not thrive. So yep. you will build a better business model. And, yep. and, and then that's really the gist of it. You don't need someone saying that you need a license to braid my hair. Mm. 
Okay. Yeah. You, that shouldn't be there. You don't need that. What we need is for people to say, hey, you don't need licensing for this. Everyone can flourish. Let the market decide which businesses are good and which are bad. Because I guarantee you, without so much manipulation into the market as there is now, if you were to take that all the way, we would have a vastly different market that thrived in millions of different ways, um, specifically during lockdown times as well. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Matt Wright chimed in here, and I think he also hit on something pretty decent. He said, in most cases, licensing is a huge hurdle that once again kowtows basically to big corporations and big donors. It's it's a means of being able to protect, you know, the larger organizations and companies protect themselves in their own market share so that they don't have to fight, you know, hundreds or thousands of these upstart entrepreneurs trying to take their market share, which is an abuse of government um at at every single level so um you know i where do you stand on that i'm like that that dynamic between business and government like do you feel like there's still a separation point or is it pretty much the same thing nowadays now unfortunately because what we have now and a lot of people on the left like to complain about capitalism and how we're in this mess because of capitalism but i'd like Mm. to argue the exact opposite the reason why we're in this situation is because you have the government marrying with the capitalist ideals that people are having and they're taking that money and they're taking those deals and creating a plutocracy. You're, you're creating an elitist group of people that are now doing business with the government. You saw that with the Federal Reserve. You see that with with Facebook. You see that with Twitter. And and I, before, man, I was one of those people who were like, yo, those are private companies. Yeah. Right. Those These are private companies. They can do as they please. But when you look into how much subsidy they're getting from the federal government, you are no longer a private company once the government puts its dirty, grubby fucking hands into your business. Mm-hmm. You are no longer, you're 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 no longer this th- that same entity as you were before. So, when when it comes to the government, they need to stay out. Stop manipulating the market. Let the market work as it's supposed to, because when it does, it flourishes. And I mean, that's basic Austrian economics. That's that's basic. Listen, let it go. That's it goes for anything, not just like the free market. Let yep. people go. Let them do what they're supposed to do. Let businesses thrive the way they're supposed to. Stay out of it. You can't get your. They're trying to get their. The government tries to get its chunk of everything, and it completely ruins the market. Completely Mm -hmm. ruins the market. It is not. We we are living in an age of cronyism, and we are alone. We are living in the age of government subsidy. Period. Yeah, yeah. No, and that's that's a question that I think you're right. Is a lot of people get that answer wrong. They they if if they're kind of like that autist libertarian. Um, they're like, oh, well, it's a private company. They can do whatever they want. And you're like, yeah, well, what about government coercion, right? That's not a private company making an independent choice. It's essentially, you know, government leaning on, you know, whoever is out of favor based off of who made the better offer in terms of whatever it is, campaign contributions or political support or who can rally the most number of votes, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, Another leg of your platform um, and, and this will probably be the last individual one I'll look at, but it's a big one, is where do you stand in terms of U.S. foreign policy? Like, have we done a good job as far as U.S. foreign policy, or are, are, we, uh, are, are we actually creating more problems, would you say, than we're fixing? Listen, we are 100% without a question creating way more problems than there ever needed to be. We need to be out of the middle. I am, listen, I am anti-war. I don't think yep. we should be out. I don't. I think we should be p- putting our resources here. Period. There's no need to be meddling in the Middle East because there's some dude in Iran who has a lot more money than somebody else does in Afghanistan or whatever neighboring Pakistan. We don't need it. 
you know, if if we've been in perpetual war for so long, we've murdered so many people. And I've said this. Uh, we've actually we we do, not too long ago we read um, Scott Horton's book Enough Already, mm. and his book talks about how many wars we really are in in the Middle East and the situation surrounding those wars and why we got there, essentially. And listen, the reason why we got there is because we can't keep our hands to ourselves. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, tell your, you tell your small child, listen, keep your hands to yourself, right? We need to be telling the government to keep their hands to themselves. They've done nothing but pillage, purge, steal, murder children, starve children, create famines, burn places to the ground, mess with economies, mess with regimes. Stop. Leave yep. it now. We don't need this. We don't need it. We are spending way, way too much money. We are spending so much money in these places, and it hurts us. And in, in turn, back here at home, they're trying to make it seem like it's profitable to be during war because of all these businesses. So they're manipulating the markets or killing the interest rates that make people at home think that we're doing better than we are. So then we're buying into a false market. And what happens in that false market? Eventually, that bubble bursts, and it bursts 100 times worse than it would if it were to naturally occur that way. So yep. it's a huge mess. It's it's cost trillions of dollars it's cost you know millions of lives yep. stop yep period stop why yep. we don't need to be there so um from a assembly seat in new jersey you don't necessarily have authority to you know say push a bill to the feds to pull us out of these wars what's the way that you can fight from new jersey to protect, you know, us in the, in New Jersey from this just awful toxic foreign policy that DC is engaged in. Amazing segue, by the way. Um, <laughs> what we can do is that we can propose bills like defend the guard, where we're saying, hey, you can't take our national guard that's supposed to be quote unquote our militia for the state, yep. and at the whim of a federal government who has not declared war since World War II. Okay, you can't use our New Jerseyans overseas because that's what they're doing. They're taking a National Guard and they're sending them overseas when they shouldn't be. So what we can do is just pass things like defend the guard that push the federal government to be, you know, mindful and to actually stick to the Constitution through means of nullification uh, that they can't take our they can't take our National Guardsmen. That's you can't put them overseas. Pure and simple. Yep. We don't agree unless you say that this is your unless you have an official declaration of war, you can't take our people. And yep. even then, I feel like they shouldn't do it anyway. But again, that's for something else. But that's basically what it is to just the, probably I would say the, the third leg, the, the third leg of my platform um, would be defend the guard. It's 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 to keep New Jersey safe as much as possible to not send them overseas when they when they don't need to be. Yeah, no, that that's a, a huge, huge point. Um, one thing I'm going to point out is if you want a candidate with a personality and a sense of humor, vote for Nick because I've seen the automatons that he's running against give speeches, and uh, Nick can actually make a joke and laugh at a joke, so know that. The other thing I would say is shameless self-promotion. 
um, tomorrow night, I'm going to have uh, Mike Rufo and Diego Rivera on to talk specifically about Defend the Guard. Um, they've had some really good victories in Texas. They're moving on to some other states, and there's just some badass stuff happening in terms of, you use that word nullification, you know, states basically pushing back uh, in a way that respects the Tenth Amendment uh, and tells D.C. that they can't continue to just take advantage. And, and the one thing I like to say is, like, it's, it's our sons and daughters now that go over there and die, you know, like, um, they, they have the propaganda that's like, oh, you know, I fought in Afghanistan, now my son's being deployed there. And you're like, yeah, that's not a good thing. Like, that's, that is not something to be proud no, of. Not at all. No. And, and, you know, just, just a testament to uh, the Libertarian Party here in New Jersey um, is the fact that the Libertarian Party is getting together um, ways to try and pass Defend the Guard. So, so Rufo, for one, kind of piqued my interest with it um i my sister has deployed multiple times and i can see the irreparable damage that has happened to her uh mentally and physically and i and she's also in the guard currently um i don't like it um sometimes it it takes a second right like you can say hey war's bad war's bad i'm sure there's not any people except for like the bushes and maybe dick cheney who are saying war is good right it's not good. And until you experience that yourself, sometimes I think it's tough to really take that perception and be like, man, this is really something that's important to me. Um, yep. and, and unfortunately, that's how I feel about it. And so that's why I'm so passionate about this now is I think that there needs to be a strong push to stop sending. And now you, like you said, our sons and our daughters overseas. Um, my friends, I've had friends that 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 died over there. I'm sure just as much as anybody else, and I would implore um, anybody in the military to think about what's going on and to stop letting the government view you as being expendable. It is disrespectful to you and the oath that you have taken that the government can, at the whim of whatever they feel, send you overseas to die. I think it's disgusting. I think that you deserve to be treated with much more respect than that. Um, yep. and, and they don't do it. D.C. doesn't do it. And unfortunately, a lot of people in New Jersey don't either, specifically governor, who yep. right now decided to send, I don't know how many troops over to D.C. Um, so they can, for some reason, build up around the Capitol, which, you know, threaten the government. They, listen, the government here wants to take your guns, but threaten them. And God forbid they want to yep. put that up like Fort Knox. Yeah, it's all right. We're just going to send uh, New Jersey sons and daughters to Washington, D.C. so we can turn it into Pyongyang. Um, pretty soon we'll be uh, all mandatorily having to salute uh, our, our leader here in New Jersey and in D.C. Uh, under threat of violence if we don't. Uh, that That's a good point, too, because this is something that I think most most politicians in New Jersey are really crappy with in terms of what just happened over the last 12 months. Just tell me where you stand in terms of executive authority, uh, you know, whether or not uh, Phil Murphy should have had the ability to essentially declare, you know, an endless state of an emergency um, and, you know, what actions he took and, and how you would fight back against that as a member of the assembly. He's actually instituted executive authority and created a state of emergency so often he's actually during a snowstorm added a state of emergency on top of an already existing state of emergency with the lockdowns so th- this guy's like it's like inception when it comes to to executive authority and abuses because this is an it's, it's an abuse um 
There should be no such thing as an executive order. I, I hate executive orders. If the executive order comes to work where your state legislator can't pass a law that addresses the situation, then you're a bad leader and you don't need to do that anymore. Um, it, what is he doing? There's, there's really two parts to this, right? He's creating these tyrannical lockdowns, these oppressive lockdowns that have crushed small businesses. He is taking out, and I don't even like talking about the government that much because it's like it's it's overdone. It's overdone, yep. right? Yep. But these have affected so many people. Um, I'm for one. There's one instance or glimmer of hope that there is a silver lining, and the silver lining is is that people are waking up. Yep. People are realizing, whoa, the governor has way too much power. He can he can continually do this. He can these these mandates that are crushing businesses and it is bringing more people over to our side of that are more interested in peak i mean you've seen it yourself there is so many more people that are interested in liberty and freedom now than it was before and it's oh, yeah. and a shame that it took something like this for people to do that but that's exactly what's happening um we are we are crushed businesses are crushed um it should have never happened what would i do um I guess we would we would have to be able to, to to pass some legislation that puts limits on on the governor. Period. I mean, yep. it, it, there's so much there's so much in in New Jersey that's wrong, right? There's so much that's wrong that it's it's sometimes it's tough to think about where we start because yeah. it's so entangled. Because once you go through one thread, then you have another bird's nest of of, of different things that you have to work through. So one thing at a time. First things first. He we need to make it. So governors can't use executive orders in the way that they have now and declaring state of emergencies. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I'm I'm wholly on board with that. I think anything that restricts unilateral action that only one person, you know, I mean, everyone who watches this show knows I am completely against centralized planning, centralized decision making, you know, centralized power. Um, that is the zenith. That is the climax of you know, one person being able to essentially hold an entire state hostage because they claim some kind of executive authority um, Hamil to be Hamilton, able to do that. Hamilton would have loved it. Hamilton yeah. would have loved it because because he would have been like, oh, this guy, he's acting like a king. Yeah. These governors are acting like kings and queens. Yep. He would have loved it. And, you know, the the anti-federalists were the ones were saying, hey, this isn't a good idea. You know, this this one person in power is not a great idea when it comes to the federal government, but the same thing happens at the state level. Maybe we need to be civilly disobeying more often in New Jersey to show the governor that he doesn't have the power that he thinks he has. Unfortunately, we have a state where over half of it's blue. Yep. So, you know, you run risk at running against over half the population. But someone's like, they don't understand what's good for them sometimes. Like, yeah. they don't understand that, like, freedom, freedom is a good thing. And it's a weird thing. It's almost like the, the Leviathan ideal from, from Hobbes. It's like, it's almost like people in New Jersey crave being oppressed. It's disgusting. I hate mm -hmm. being grown up and indoctrinated in this way where people feel that way, but that's how it is. Yeah. Yeah. They're, in some cases, they're definitely, or in a lot of cases, they're definitely their own worst enemy for sure. Um, all right. So serious question from Dan. Uh, he says, what ideas would Nick have for police reform in his district uh, and what is the biggest civil rights injustice going on in your district? You feel? I don't know. You got you. You really do have a, a bunch. You have the rate at which people, um, how the firearm scheme is, right? 
you have yeah. it so local police departments are taking their good old time they're not really accountable to anybody you have certain situations where people ask about their permitting their permits and and it's like hey sorry you gotta wait your turn meanwhile there's a thousand people in queue um they're quick to take away your rights but not quick to respect yours in the same breath yeah. um so there's that i mean uh hold police more accountable um Without Where do you stand the, on qualified immunity? Do you think well, qualified need, immunity should be something? No, no. We need to get rid of qualified immunity. I think New York City did did the right thing recently in getting away with it because you see the you see the amount of pushback that they were getting from 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 saying you know that that police need to be actually held accountable and can't be held like to a broader standard when they could be you know personally sued for one on one interactions. That's a good thing. You need to have people being held accountable. And as I just said, you know if you're not if you're not held accountable, then how could you expect? anybody to respect your rights if they're not ever they don't have anybody to be accountable to they don't um i've tossed around the idea of a few things maybe we need to start using oprah requests in our favor maybe we can start using oprah requests to put a little pressure on people and say hey this is really more transparent than you think it is so either you need to start complying and being you know actually respecting people and not oppressing on them or hey, maybe we can blow this up and say, hey, you're crushing on everybody's civil rights. I, don't, th- I think that's probably it there. Yeah, yeah, no, um, that that's an interesting thing that I, I think definitely draws a line between you and say, you know, the the law and order Republicans that are out there is you're actually willing to go out on the line and say, look, you know, why would I resist tyranny from my elected officials and accept it from an agent of the state like a police officer? Right. Um, and, and that's something where I think there's some cognitive dissonance or, or just a disconnect in people's brains, especially when it comes to, you know, re- Republicans that are out there um, that think that they are, you know, doing the right thing by being for, you know, air quotes, law and order, when truthfully, they're actually just kind of legitimizing or, or authorizing, you know, abuses of constitutional rights without any, you know, recourse or anything like that. Um, all right, let me transition one last time here and ask you about something that it's a little obscure to some people because they haven't heard about it before. They might have heard of things like Bitcoin. They might have heard of things like, you know, crypto, the word crypto thrown around and things like that. But um, far, and, far and wide, people are beginning to open up to it, but they don't necessarily understand it. Um, as far as like crypto and the blockchain goes, where do you sit, stand on that? Are you in favor of it or, you know, against it? And then, you know, what do you think that that provides in terms of a positive for maybe, you know, government or the people of New Jersey? It's good because we can now respect decentralization, right? So, like, mm. uh, these platforms like Bitcoin, um, Ethereum, Ethereum, and Hive, which which I'm on, you can go to uh, at Magna for Freedom on any but on anywhere on the uh, the Hive blockchain, whether it's uh, Peak D or um, um, uh, Dbuzz. I'm there as well. We need to start putting more energy into this. I think that there could be a time in the future where where that there's um where we can almost. It, I don't think it could happen right now because I feel like from the studies of what they're doing over in Europe and things like it's even like vote on blockchain. So that way it's a completely transparent process because you're right now taking part of a process that is not so transparent. It may seem like it is, but is it really transparent? Yep. Um, I am completely in favor of decentralizing those uh, that putting things onto the blockchain and making it so people can't own it because if people can't own it, uh, if you make if it's built into the code that you can't own that, then, you know, it, 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 it fights back against the state a little bit more. And uh, we need to start 
being more active um, on things like the Hive platform. If you're not familiar with Hive, which if you've watched Matt's show, he's had a million people on from that platform over here. <laughs> yeah. It is the greatest idea because it is something that can't be held down. If you think you're being censored on Facebook or you think you're being censored on Twitter, um, you need to go decentralized. You need to go into a blockchain technology that protects your First Amendment rights, that protects you're not going to be censored. Um, it's a, And it's... The problem, the problem with it though, is that it's a little bit difficult for like the layman to go and just use. Yep. As soon as the technology evolves into something that is easy enough for lame, the layman to use, it's going to blow up and it's going to be this, this, it's going to be a crazy phenomenon and things are going to be very, very different. Yeah. Um, you're going to see governments going crazy. You're going to see governments guaranteed start taking internet away from people and things like that. So you're going to, it's the U.S. is going to be like. North Korea in terms of, you know, how they block different things on the internet and things like that in a sense because it's just too, it's too, it's an unwieldy beast. You can't control it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think this is an issue that also uh, shows you how the two parties like try and, st the two major parties say that they're, you know, they try and say they're different, but they're really not. They just Same believe thing. in different masters. Like they, they, they obey different, you know, checkbooks that write them the money, right? So like if you ask, you know, uh, Republicans, they're for, you know, repealing Section 230, which is a deep subject and we could get into it at a later date, but is also a nightmare if you end up doing that because it, it just trades out one gigantic problem for another one. And they're, you don't hear them talking too much about blockchain or keeping blockchain deregulated. They want you, if they are talking about blockchain, they're talking about going to blockchain, but regulating it to make sure that you're kept safe and things like that. Like no. the very nature of blockchain is no, no regulation, decentralized, self-policed and everything like that. And they just can't stand it because the Republicans and, and the Democrats just want control. That's what they want. And as soon as you bring up a decentralized idea like that, they're going to rail against it or come up with some other idea that sounds good, but is right. just a, uh, you know, a horse of a different color. Well, well, th well, think of it. You had at the end of the uh, Trump's presidency, you had him talking a ton about Section 230. Yeah. We got to get rid of six in, Section 230. People don't even understand what Section 230 is. Yeah. Section 230 is basically the Bill of Rights. It says, like, hey, you can have free speech on your platform. That is not going to – whatever is said on your platform is is not going to be your responsibility as a person owning a website. So it's basically saying, hey, you can have free speech here. If someone says something dumb, you can't be held responsible. Right. If you repeal 230, the reason why Trump wanted to repeal 230 is because he felt as though he was being censored by the major platforms. Tons and tons of conservative Republicans were saying the same thing. Oh, I hate Twitter. Oh, I hate Facebook. And then all of a sudden they were still on Facebook, I don't, yeah. which doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but they're also saying they're, they're parroting the same thing that the president said. We have to change Section 230. No. You yeah. don't realize what you're doing. The If you take it so people are held – so people who own the websites are responsible for what other people say, which – Matt, I am not responsible for you at all, right? Yeah. So why should it be any different on the internet? It doesn't make any sense to me. Yep. But what you're doing is, is you're saying, hey, we need to we need to take away 230. They need to be held responsible. If you're saying that they need to be held responsible, all you're doing is, is bolstering the larger companies. Yep. You're bolstering those larger companies. You're saying, hey, Facebook can afford to comb through every single post. Twitter can afford to comb through every single tweet and find out what is bad and what is good and delete with their, what they're able to delete or yeah. help hold people responsible for that. The smaller companies, the ones that 
are trying to make a difference are the only ones that are going to be affected. So yep. you're you're really being counterintuitive. If you take away Section 230, then you're bolstering these larger companies that are already behemoths, and you're crushing the competition. That's the story of the American government throughout history here. It's yep. taking the little guy and crushing the little guy. You know, you bring me your weary, bring me your weak. You know, make America the place where you can come in and, and live. This yep. is the American dream. The only thing that's been happening by the U.S., besides being a terrorist organization overseas, is the fact that you're here now and we're passing laws that are crushing the little guy. You're crushing that American dream. There's yep. nothing worse than that. Stop. You can't preach. Listen, new, America can no longer preach the American dream. So stop doing that. But in the same breath, it's like you're, you're, you're just you're crushing this. You're crushing it for the little guy. You're, you're passing everything that only bolsters the plutocracy. It only bolsters the elites to be able to do more of what they're doing, which is the cronyism, the evil cronyism. So, yeah, that's yeah. And, in a nutshell. And the, and the whole 230 talk is really it also shows you how the two party system doesn't work for anyone other than the two parties, because the only reason why they're behind getting rid of 230, it's not for free speech for everyone. They're getting they're mad at 230 because their guy was getting censored on the right. one platform um, and they just don't understand. It's that knee-jerk reaction that's like, oh, the liberals are going to support it. We have to be against it. The knee-jerk reaction, and like you said, like, you know, the big companies like Facebook, they'll be able to parse all of that stuff, not to mention the fact that you better believe that when there's an upstart social media platform, their people are also going to be parsing that to try and prosecute them or or sue them so that they can essentially, you know, use the court systems to keep all of their competition down. So all that would do was essentially, you know, kill Parler. And, and a lot right, of them thought right. that it would save Parler, and it's actually exactly. wrong, you know. Exactly. Um, but no, so anyway, correct. yeah, no. So I mean, we could do an entire episode on that, um, and and kind of like talk about First Amendment too, and things like that. But so um, I want to be respectful of your time. I want to thank you for taking the time out. I want to give you another opportunity to pitch where people can get information about you, and more importantly, donate and volunteer for your campaign. Yeah, absolutely. Please uh, follow me on Twitter. At Magner for Freedom, you see it right over there somewhere. Make sure you make sure you go and give me a follow. Um, also, please go to MagnerForFreedom.com/slash/donate. You can go to Magner.com/slash/subscribe and become the, the email listing here. Um, you know, the website you have anything on my platform. If you want to contact me, you can contact me. Everything that's there. If you have any questions, you can hit that little chat box that you see in the bottom right there. If you hit that chat box. It goes right to my phone. So if Matt were to send a message right now, I would get it. So if you ever have a question or you want to be able to contact me, you can do it through Twitter, you could do it through Facebook, or you could do it through the website. And now he's testing it right now. So hopefully it comes through so you don't make me a liar. Um, <laughs> no, look right there. Uh, I want to volunteer. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate that. So <laughs> make sure you guys go there. Uh, again, please go to magnerforfreedom.com slash donate and, and send a couple bucks my way. We're trying to do this campaign video. I don't want to give too much away of what it is, but it's going to be crazy, and I'm, I'm very excited for it to happen. Um, and I'm working with the governor candidate, Greg Muley, as well for that, so that's going to be pretty dope. Um, yeah. Let's just say uh, I'm going to take him shooting for the first time. But, yeah. So, 
God. That that is always a fun time, whether it's the first time, the second time, or the millionth time. Yeah. Um, that that's definitely going to be a good time. So, all right, I want to thank you for taking the time, everyone. If you have the opportunity, go to magnaforfreedom.com. Definitely donate, volunteer, do whatever you can. Subscribe to get updates about the campaign um, and follow uh, follow Nick. And uh, look, we'll be back tomorrow night at uh, 7.30. We'll be back tomorrow night at 7.30 with Mike Rufo, another uh, stud from New Jersey in the Liberty Movement, and a, uh, a New Jersey t- transplant that went to Texas, Diego Rivera. Smart. and. Uh, yeah, smart and you know he's making some waves there too. So we'll bring him back. Like it's it's all right. You know we we might even buy him a bagel or something like that. But uh, you know it is what it is. So we'll be back tomorrow night at seven thirty to talk about defend the guard. And like I said, hit up Nick. Make sure to donate to his campaign, support him, um, and let's make sure to get some real liberty voices uh, just kicking ass on the campaign trail this year. So thanks, Nick. Have an awesome night. Thanks so much, Ivory Man. I really appreciate it. Let's do it again soon. Definitely. Peace. Thank you again for tuning in. This is a quick reminder to subscribe, like, share, and comment to help get the message of liberty and freedom in front of as many folks as possible. See you next time on Why Libertarian. Why Libertarian.